All right, everybody. Welcome to Club Garibaldi. Welcome to WMSC's Local Live. My name is Cal. I'm here with Aaron. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for coming out on this blustery night. It's a lovely night out there. And uh, tonight we're proud to be hosting Trapper Shep. Give him a big Club Garibaldi welcome. We want to let everybody know that tonight's edition of Local Live on WMSC is supported by a donation from Club Garibaldi's located at 2501 South Superior Street in Bayview. Club Garibaldi offers a full bar, burgers, wings, and more in addition to lots of live events. More info at clubgaribaldi.com. And Local Live is a production of WMSC Radio broadcast tonight from Club Garibaldi. Please give a warm welcome to our musical guest for tonight. Trapper Shep.
Mr. Engineer. Hello. Can we get a little juice on the mics? <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> thanks, Trapper Shep. Kicked it off with a couple new songs. Trapper, is this the first time those have ever been played on the air? or? This is first. Nice. Yeah, maybe the only. Oh. World premiere. Sweet. All right. It's quite a big month for you guys. Um, I want to know, skating back a little bit. When did you all start working on Primetime Illusion, which is the album that's coming out on Extra Mile at the end of the month? I'm glad you didn't ask, what, what's over exactly? <laughs> uh, um, we yeah, we started, we started working on it, uh, I guess, about a year ago um, with Patrick Sansone, who some of us might know from the band Wilco. Uh, 
And uh, I, you know, it's so funny. I just remembered yesterday how I, I came to know Patrick. And I started going to these open jam sessions in New York City. Um, Craig Jarrett Johnson, who's in a band called the Jayhawks and the Golden, and Golden Smog, he hosted these. And he said, you can come on down if you hang out. If you're cool enough, I'll let you start playing. So every time I came to New York, he gave me a longer and longer set. And uh, it was ridiculous, the kind of people that would show up. It was like Michael Stipe and Cat Power and this ridiculous stuff. So I would walk up there and start shaking and be like, my name is Trapper Chef. And we did a Chicago version of this. Uh, and uh, we were playing this song, Freight Train, which we do. And Pat, Pat walks in and uh, unannounced completely just sits down at an open seat at the piano and he starts playing. I said, the oh my God, this is a guy I want to get to know. And so fast forward a couple of years, and we're sitting next to him in Wauwatosa working on the record, uh, working on the song Freight Train with him. So it was, it was so cool, a bit of a, a mini full circle moment with Patrick that I, I just remembered yesterday, actually, how that all came to be. So Very that's cool. music, though. Did he remember you from those New York sessions then? Is that why yeah, he showed up? Yeah, of course, okay. yeah. So we, actually, we toured quite a bit with the Jayhawks, and he's been tight with them for years. So I got to know Pat through those guys. And uh, yeah, it was really, really a cool, cool thing to get to know Pat. And uh, we could not have had more fun doing the, this record. I think everyone on stage will, will speak to that. It was really a, just a really fun experience overall. And the fact that we got to all go home to our own beds at night and go to Beans and Barley or wherever we wanted to uh, for lunch. We didn't have to scramble around. It was really a, a great experience doing it in Milwaukee. So Milwaukee production through and through. Okay, so you know your lineup has been pretty solidified for a long time, but just how long have you all been playing together as this current lineup? That's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's probably been so long that, you know, it That's doesn't true. feel like it ever not was. Yeah, uh, I think a, f a few years, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. A That's few great. Years. Well, congratulations on... It's always a matter... A few years <laughs> is, I found, the safe answer in music. So how yeah. long have... A, fe a few years, I guess. We'll, yeah. we'll take that. Thanks. Yeah. Now, I know uh, I saw, uh, caught a bunch of your set at Summerfest this past summer, and um, you had a band member on stage that I don't see here tonight who seemed to be much, much younger than the rest of the people. Well, the show is 21 plus. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, can that's the reasoning <laughs> for that, so the case is closed. Tell us who that was, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a friend. Just playing a guitar. Yeah, you know, it's... I don't it's think it was plugged in. Well, it's wireless. That's why. Oh, okay. You weren't listening, Cal. Oh, untrained ear. Uh, actually, it's it's a close friend. He, uh, it's this family, the McCollums, and they, uh, the Terry McCollum worked for Apple, and he worked in Silicon Valley. He actually developed the. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm gonna. He developed the uh, magnetic charger for the MacBook, and. Uh, they kind of got that. They got that from that idea from a Japanese rice cooker, I guess. So I've been told. <laughs> I'm giving away all the big secrets. 
Um, but yeah, they've become family friends of mine. I actually live in their house now. I don't live with them. But uh, yeah, they're very close, and Tenley sort of just uh, comes up on stage and completely steals the show whenever he does. So it's becoming a major point of tension because, you know, I'm a very, I need all the attention as the lead singer. So it's, it's a major point of contention. A little bit of a power struggle. Yeah, I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> You won't be seeing him on stages in the future. <laughs> oh, his fans are going to be so disappointed. Um, so I also read an anecdote about you uh, hanging out with a local basketball team. Uh, a few years back, you were teaching guitar to one That's of the That's true. Yeah, I don't know where you found that. But where, where I, was, uh, I, was, I was Michael Carter Williams' guitar teacher for a while. <laughs> and this is so wild. I went over to the, his house. And uh, I'll never forget, one day I walked in, and it was him and a group of the Bucks, and they're all sitting around watching SportsCenter, of course, eating pastries. And uh, I walk in, and, uh, you know, they all kind of give me a good look over. Who's this, who's this guy? And, uh, you know, the lesson was supposed to start 15 minutes before, and so we're all just sitting there watching SportsCenter, and so I motioned to get out my guitar. And then so one of the guys, and I don't know any of their names, they're all just seven feet tall to me. And uh, I get out my guitar and I start playing. I start playing. Uh, when the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see and then the entire buck squad the four guys all sing so darling darling stand by me oh, oh stand and then we do two verses and two choruses and then everybody acts like it had completely not happened and we we're like all right so cool never mind and it was it was a really kind of tender and beautiful moment and uh, then we went back to business, back to square one, and we moved along, along like nothing had happened. So that wasn't the end of the lesson. You actually did have the lesson. Yeah, then the lesson began. Then it was down to business. Okay. I was going to ask who the best singer was, but you said you didn't remember. I don't know names. who, you know. Maybe the Greek freak was probably there. I don't know. We'll go with that. Yeah. Well, should we? Let's do an audience question. So yeah, keep audience. those audience questions rolling in. Write them down yeah, on your cards. Yeah, write them down. You've got no cards, pens. If you have some burning questions, uh, this person wanted to know. Uh, I guess this is for Trapper. Were you named after a character on Mash? Yes. There you go. <laughs> burning question answered. <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, have you guys do another couple songs. Do you want to lead off with any stories on the next yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Um, this one's called What You Do to Her. It's about uh, the epidemic of sexual assault, which is uh, no laughing matter. But uh, I felt compelled to write it because I feel the big missing voice in this whole picture, in the whole Me Too movement, is men. Men have just sort of cowered in fear. So uh, I thought that I should probably try to say something through song. So here we go.
switched up. BMSC is local live. It's Trapper Shep. And that was the aforementioned freight train, we assume. All right. Are you ready for some questions? I'm Mr. So Shep? I'm ready. <laughs> I want to go back to the first song you played there. Um, you uh, did on the record um, a duet with Nicole Atkins for what you did do to her. How did you get hooked up with Nicole? Was it because of the producer, or are you buddies with her? You know, I've met her a few times, but I said, there's no way we're doing a song called What You Do To Her um, if we don't have a strong female voice in it. There would be so many problems with that. And uh, Pat said, well, I just had lunch with Nicole Atkins right before I left, and I said, that would be you know, pretty cool if we could get her because she's one of my favorite singers. And he said, I can ask her. So it, w it was really that simple. But yeah, I've been listening to her records for, for years. So to have her voice, uh, her very soulful, soulful voice on that track means so much to me. Uh, yeah. It sounds phenomenal on the record. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so recently, I don't know how recently the interview happened, but you were interviewed by Rolling Stone. Was that the first time that that, uh, that yeah, they called you Yeah, we've been in there a couple times, but the first time uh, I was waiting patiently. Uh, we, you know, my phone, you know, it pops up. And yeah, we talked for a good half hour, and then he said at the very end, Oh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I said, no, I'm quite in enjoying being interviewed by Rolling Stone. Trust me, this is, this is fine. So, uh, so it was great, yeah. You more nervous than, say, this interview, or less nervous for that one? It doesn't really matter to me. I'm pretty <laughs> chill. You might be able to tell that. I was going to say, yeah, OK. I suppose we might as well talk about uh, the reason you were interviewed a little bit. That's true. Um, where to begin? Well, we were going to ask, you know, how did you come across the song on Wisconsin by Bob Dylan since it was penned in 61? And how did you come to basically like collaborate with Dylan? Yeah, so it's a 57-year collaboration to start, <laughs> which is wild. You look so young. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so I was reading through Rolling Stone, and I, I you know, just saw... Bob Dylan song about Wisconsin up for auction, $30,000. And I thought, well, I don't have that much money to start. That sucks. But what I could do is I could probably finish the song for him because he's very busy. This was a time when he was so busy he could not go get his Nobel Prize. So it was right around then, and I thought, well, let's see what I could do. So I went into my kitchen, I brewed uh, you know, my French press coffee, I went and I sat down, and I just tried to get inside of uh, a song that was started over 50 years ago. So uh, the song is this uh, narrative about a drifter, someone who's lost, and uh, they're imagining the, uh, our great dairy state as sort of a safe homeland filled with uh, you know, our finest exports, being milk, cheese, and beer, right? So he actually no mentions way. those things in the song. 
and I just immediately connected with the narrative. So what I had in my head uh, was this sort of, uh, I, was, I was imagining this Woody Guthrie kind of character hitchhiking out to New York uh, on a train. And I was hearing in my head this sort of train car, uh, sort of a like a train. And someone at night, So I had that sort of feel in my head, and uh, that almost, you know, you call it country, old-timey, a little bit of polka, you know, I don't know. But I had that feel in my head, and so then I added in our state's fight song, on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, calling me that way, on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, I think I'm going to stay. So that is where the co-write actually comes into play. So I finished the song. We put it out there on the, the World Wide Web, thought nothing of it. And uh, Billboard.com took notice pretty quickly. And then uh, Minnesota Public Radio, it kind of spread a bit to enough where I sent it to my manager out in LA. And I just sort of jokingly said, you should get this to his Bobness. And uh, it was right around that time that he found himself in regular contact with uh, Bob Dylan's manager, Jeff Rosen, uh, through a series of very wild circumstances. So it took uh, some major Hail Mary passes, some very hard work, and uh, you know years of playing to go in the studio and know where to uh, follow. Um, but my great band, which I have up here, Quinn Sharber over here, on the guitar, Tanner Shep on the bass, Bradley Cruz, and uh, Justin Kroll on the drums. So yeah, it took a number of Hail Mary passes. Um, but you know, it's very much in line with Bob Dylan's whole attitude which is uh, you know, one generation adapting another, another generation's work, right? The whole folk process. So uh, yeah, we finished the song, and uh, it took, took, it felt like forever. But uh, yeah, we, we did the deal, and it was pretty amazing. I got the word uh, when I was in the grocery store on Prospect, and I walked around, I spent $300. Might as well, right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it was great. That's amazing. Um, but what I just learned very recently, which makes it all the more mind-blowing, is there's a little date uh, scribbled in the upper right-hand corner of the lyric sheet that I went off. And it says 11-20-61. And uh, I was on the internet, and I saw one of those posts that said, this day in music history or whatever. It said, Bob Dylan steps into the Columbia Recording Studio to begin work on his debut album. And it said, 11-20-61. I thought, hmm, that, I, that date rings a bell. And uh, I realized then that Dylan probably woke up and wrote that song the day he started work on his first album, which is a complete mind-blowing thing for me to think about. Um, or possibly even in the studio. While or in the studio. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just found out last night, too. Oh, what's so cool about this song is I keep finding out new layers to the story, right? My uh, roommate and longtime WMSE employee, Chris, just filled me in as he heard me fumbling through questions on the phone on an interview. I don't know what Bob Dylan's, you know, did he live in Wisconsin? I, Chris says, here, check this book out. And, uh, you know, Bob, D I, I read in this book, Bob Dylan's last stop before New York City was Madison, Wisconsin. And it was there that he saw Pete Seeger. And that gave him, as the book said, the sort of confidence to go meet his hero, Woody Guthrie. So Madison, Wisconsin, if you're listening. So yeah, it's the, I think you know, the coolest part about this whole thing is you know, it's, it's cool for the state of Wisconsin. It's great for me. <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's a Nobel Prize winner's forever mark on our state. So that doesn't suck. Very cool. Yeah. Now, did you have any like uh, favorite pre-existing Bob Dylan songs that you covered back in the day, or, or even still these days? Yeah, yeah. Um, we used to do uh, Highway 61 revisited because I yeah. grew up literally a, a stone's throw from Highway 61. Um, I was born in Red Wing, Minnesota, and so I grew up right there. Um, and then we'd do. Maggie's Farm, because that's like two chords. Uh, um, so yeah, I, you know, and then I always sound check with, uh, meet me in the morning, 56 and Wabashaw. So yeah, I mean, Dylan's songs are so much a part of any, sing any singer-songwriter's life, and they're so a part of our cultural fabric, and it's so cool to now have the song a part of our state's history. So I'm very proud to be just a part of it, a medium. And the band, too. Absolutely. Speaking of the band, uh, maybe we should have yeah, a couple more tunes. It. So here we go. Wisconsin is a dairy state, guess you all know it well. I was in Wauwatosa, the truth I will tell. It's a milk and cheese and cream, yes I've known it all my days. And I'm going to my hometown, I'm leaving right away. I'm heading to Wisconsin, to miles to go Madison, Milwaukee sets my heart a glow I'm heading to that state and my heart's beating fast and I'll jerk my banjo gently and twiddle my mustache on Wisconsin on Wisconsin it's calling me that way I think I'm going to stay 
best thoughts I left there long ago Ones are coming now, it seems I'll tune my banjo in the hills Feast on milk and cream And I'll stamp my foot through the grass And I'll never know or care Yes, my home's in Wisconsin And I'm going there on Wisconsin On Wisconsin City ways are driving me insane to drink. Yes, my home's in Wisconsin. It's a better place, I think. I have been to California and I've been all around. But my home's in Milwaukee and I'm gonna own this town on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin.
Trapper Shep, everybody, thank you so much. Um, man, this hour is going by real quick. We've there got we a go. couple more questions for you, though, if you don't mind. Yeah. Are, Are we, we going to do more music, too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. We got the whole band here, so. Might as well, right? We're um, <laughs> I wanted to ask about, because I know you've been doing these uh, Tom Petty tribute shows recently. Oh um, my god, it's so fun. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> exactly. I, I'm a huge Petty fan myself, and I'm just kind of wondering when, uh, if you remember how you got introduced to his music, and just talk a little bit about what his music meant to you, or means to you still. I can do that. How much time do we have? <laughs> uh, yeah, my dad had full moon fever in his suburban growing up, and I think he played uh, that thing hundreds of times. And, uh, you know, that warm opening F chord on free falling, I think, just gave me all, you know, it just meant so much to me growing up. It meant that we were going somewhere, you know, and that has always stuck with me throughout my youth and uh, throughout my, my, now my adulthood. And uh, I think what 
Tom Petty represents to me is uh, someone who's weathered every storm. Uh, and his music, you know, it speaks to the duality of life, right? So the highs, the lows, the intoxication, but then the hangover, right? So he's so good at that, learning to fly, but coming down. Um, so there's so much to learn for someone like me uh, from him. Uh, but you know, more importantly, him and uh, what he uh, represented and the band that he brought with him. So if you look <laughs> on the stage right now, looks a lot like the band that Tom Petty ran around uh, planet Earth with. So the keyboard, the organ, all of that. So uh, yeah, he, he really did mean so much to me. And uh, the, the night he passed, we had this kind of wild party on my house, completely unplanned. People just assumed I was having a party, which I was. But uh, people kind of just kept coming one by one over to my house with bottles of whiskey and such, right? But uh, it was so special. And then the next morning, I did have a terrible hangover. And I sat at my, uh, I sat at my kitchen table, and I wrote uh, Shakedown, the first song we played, thinking about him and uh, some things that I saw on a trip when I went up to the Boundary Waters about these young uh, pilots, actually, that uh, are doing their training uh, for war in the sky above. And you get to see them, because the sky is so clear at night, you see them literally flying through things such as you know, the Northern Lights. And you can see, if you can count, my, my friend who's lived up, lived up there for 30 years, he says, 12 minutes, they'll be coming back. So we're out in canoes, and you can see they fly above. And in 12 minutes, they hit the end of America, and they come back. But um, without someone like Tom Petty, I don't think I would search for those kind of stories, and I don't think uh, those stories would find me. So he's so important to me. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Are you uh, going to do any more uh, tribute shows, Tim? Do you have anything planned, or is that kind let's, of? Let's do a Tom Petty song right now, actually. It'll be just me and my brother. But We can we'll, do that. Yeah, can you do mine? Go ahead. Cool. Let's do that. This is one I, uh, I listened to the morning after he passed. I went down to Lake Michigan, and uh, I just listened to it on loop. The duality of life. This is one, you know, really speaks to that. Forever. 
your island There's a barricade That keeps out the danger And holds in the pain Sometimes you're happy Sometimes you cry Half of me is ocean Half of me is sky Cause you've got a heart So big That it could crush This town And I can't Hold out forever Even walls Fall down That was beautiful. We had a, an audience member, it's not exactly a question, but I uh, wanted to point out that Milwaukee and Howie Epstein, of course, was Petty's bass player for a while. You probably of course. were aware of that. Yeah, uh, actually last week, two, two weeks ago, we were playing a gig at the Chiel in Thienesville, and uh, Howie's brother walked in, BJ, and uh, we kind of sang some Heartbreaker songs together. It was a cool moment. Wow, cool. And Tanner... <laughs> Not to bury the lead, but he got to play Howie's bass that uh, is at the restaurant. How did it play, oh. Tanner? It played well. It's a fretless bass with no volume knob, so it's a wild beast, and I had fun taming it. Oh, my God. There you go. Well, speaking of guitars, we had another audience question. Uh, this is for Trapper. We wanted to know uh, what your first guitar was and when did you start playing guitar? Uh, I first started playing guitar after getting into a BMX biking accident when I was uh, 13, 14 years old. My mom signed me up for guitar lessons and I thought, well, this seems pretty boring uh, compared to jumping off dirt jumps that I make in our backyard. Uh, so it didn't quite take right away. Uh, and then I was sitting in my parents' basement watching a BMX biking movie, and uh, the funniest thing happened. The song Hurricane starts playing as a part of the soundtrack, and I thought, whoa, who's this guy? And that was Bob Dylan. So that happened. And here I am. That was not the story I was thinking we'd get, but so that's basically cool. my whole life was getting that DVD. That's amazing. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we are running real short on time, and um, you do have another song yeah, lined yeah. up. But first, I want to ask a couple questions for the people in Radio Land and also in the audience. Tell us about your album that's coming out, where they can find it, and also your your you know celebrations you got planned around it. Yeah, we're doing a, a pledge music campaign right now where you can buy all sorts of ridiculous things like we have an on Wisconsin coffee uh, that's brewed by anodyne coffee and you can pair that with uh, yeah yeah anodyne I love it uh, you know you can pair it with the vinyl and the t-shirt whatever and uh, so pledge music is, is kind of the place for it or go to your local record store right that's always the best place to do it because that's fun that's way more fun than waiting for your uh, And we go on a world tour, basically, that's going to start kind of now. Uh, <laughs> I got to get into shape. But that's going to take us all over the world for the next two years. It's going to be a crazy marathon. I'm going to go. We start in the Midwest. Uh, Milwaukee is at the Collectivo February 2nd. And then we're all over the Midwest. And then I pack my bags, and I do two months in Europe. And then when I get back, I pack my bags, and we do two a month in the States, and that month will probably turn into two, and it'll turn into th it, it's going to turn into the rest of my life, as it always has been. So, yeah, it's going to just be a, this record. Two, the next two years, it, I'll be coming to you. You won't be able to avoid me. I'm unfortunate if you don't like me. Sorry. They wouldn't be here if they didn't like you, right? Well, I'm speaking to the people that can't get their dial changed. But yeah, it's going to be a real fun two years. All right, well, uh, I, we got time for one more song. Yeah, we'll save the happiest one for last. It's called right. Drive Through Divorce. Here we go. She said it's true, I said I do Back on the runway, this time not a one way
second chances, bright lights, bad romances, low lives, cheating creeps. Trapper Shep, ladies and gentlemen. All right, everyone in the audience, stick around. Say hey to the band after the show. But we got to close out on the airwaves. We want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to Club Garibaldi. Local Live is uh, produced by myself and Cal. Tonight's segment was engineered and broadcast live from Club Garibaldi by Billy. And uh, all video by Moleskin Productions. Look for the video later on our YouTube channel at WMSE Milwaukee. And thanks to Trapper Chef once again, the great crowd, and everyone at Club G's. Make sure to check out Primetime Illusion uh, and the release show coming up at Collectivo in February. Uh, also, find upcoming guests and archives of past local live performances at WMSE.org. Tune in again next Tuesday. We got Neo Caveman coming in the studio. Thanks a lot, everybody. Stick Thanks, around everyone. for some more tunes.